Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Saturday, December 31st, also known as New Year's Eve. We are have arrived at the end of the year, 2022, about to be history, and we're going to go out with a bang here to end the year, our final Ice Guys show of the calendar year, uh, and it is a great uh, show and a great slate to go out with. A huge, massive 12-game NHL slate on this New Year's Eve Saturday. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break it down here uh, and looking forward to it. It's a great day to be a sports fan and a sports better, Alex, because it's not just a huge NHL slate. You've got a huge college basketball slate. There's NBA going on. It's a huge day in college football with bowl games noon and night, including the two playoff semifinal games. Just a great day overall. Yeah, absolutely. This has always been a, a fun day, like I said, to be a sports fan. And, of course, when you add in the college football playoff to that and getting ready for, uh, you know, NFL tomorrow, big games uh, and that. So it just makes for a great weekend. So New Year's, you know, of course, it's all about the festivities and, you know, uh, the drinks and everything at midnight. But it's a great time to be a sports fan every year, pretty much. So. No question about that, including the NHL. Um, it was uh, both of us cashing in, uh, Alex, with the Edmonton-Seattle. You were on the first period over as the best bet, me the full game, and it was no sweat there as the Oilers just put it, hand it to the Seattle Kraken, uh, basically jump on them before you could even get comfortable in your seat uh, watching that hockey game uh, last night. But five, I do want to bring it up before we get into the Saturday card. Five points for Connor McDavid. He right now is on pace for 160 points. Now, I'm not saying he's going to get 160 points, but he currently is playing at the pace where he could get to that number of points this season. It's an, It would be an incredible feat. And all I can say, Alex, right now is don't put it past him. And the fact that he can take his game to another level for Edmonton on a night where they did not have, obviously, uh, Leon Dreisaitl uh, at their disposal. He was a late absence last night. And to see Connor McDavid just say, hey, no, Leon Dreisaitl, no problem. I'll just have a nice ho-hum five-point night here against the Seattle Kraken. On pace for 160 points. Man, you talk about impressive if he's able to get that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are numbers we haven't seen in ages. Uh, and, and he's just, you know, he said he's, he's one of the best players in the world, arguably, without question. And so the thing with that is, you know, is that saying that, you know, with Dreisaitl, maybe, you, you know, do you split those guys up a bit more and give them their own ice time? Because that's a, that's the thing. We talk about it in basketball all the time. There's only one ball, right? Well, there's only one puck. And, you know, these are two super talented scorers, and they need that offensive punch at times because, you know, that's been their issue for years. has been consistency throughout the lineup. And now to see McDavid playing that well without Dreisaitl, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, does Woodcroft split those guys up a little bit more, give them some space, and let them do their own thing uh, in their own time and shifts? It's something to, to keep a note of. But I wish Philip Grubauer would have let us know he was going to give us a late Christmas present, let in three goals early. I wouldn't have bet Seattle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That was a rough start for him and the team uh, defensively, just all around a uh, terrible uh, beginning to the game. And obviously they put themselves way too far behind the eight ball to uh, recover from it. Uh, hopefully everybody recovers from their New Year's Eve festivities and hopefully everyone uh, recovers uh, from uh, last night's uh, action as well and is ready for a Saturday slate, which is beginning bright and early. And we are going to start with Buffalo and Boston. Sabres and Bruins, 1 p.m. Eastern puck drop. Boston minus 250, home favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Uh, you've obviously got this incredible uh, Boston Bruins home uh, record uh, this season, which has been uh, extremely impressive. Uh, they are 18-0-2 uh, at home this year, 18 wins. And then, of course, the two uh, you know shootout uh, losses that they suffered. Uh, not easy to go against this team right now. That is uh, putting it mildly, of course. Uh, Buffalo has won five straight going into this game. Boston's won five of their last six. This should be a very good hockey game. To me, when I look at this matchup here, look, it's not going to be easy for Buffalo. But, man, you want to be playing a team like Boston when you're playing well, when your game is where you want it to be. And the Sabres do have their game going right now. They're playing very well. They're scoring goals left and right. 
They have scored six, four, five, three, and six uh, in the five-game win streak. And look, they've beaten some solid teams in the mix too. L.A., Colorado, Vegas, uh, three of those wins. Now, Colorado a little banged up, Vegas a little banged up, no question about that. Uh, I think the Sabres are live today. The only thing that scares you is obviously the daunting series history uh, that they have against the uh, Boston Bruins. They have been owned by Boston. There is no denying that whatsoever. Like the numbers are scary bad. Just in the last 10 games alone, they're nine and one Boston uh, in the last 10 meetings. And even if you go back further than that, it's been complete dominance for Boston uh, against Buffalo. But I like Buffalo a little bit here uh, in terms of, yes, team total I like a little bit. And I'm going to do – you can't obviously make it a best bet or anything of that caliber in terms of the wagering amount. But I'm going to sprinkle a little first-period full-game money line here on Buffalo, a little split between the two. I, I, I like where they're at. Boston, to be honest with you, they're winning games. They're they're not always dominant, though, lately. Let's, let's, let's call it like we see it. I mean, they barely beat New Jersey. They barely beat Winnipeg. They were down 2-0 in that game. 3-1 against New Jersey the other night, and they needed a late goal in the empty net to put that one away. You know what I mean? They're playing well. They're finding ways to win games, but it's not like they're rolling over the competition necessarily. Uh, the Boston Bruins, uh, these teams played once earlier this year, and it was the same in that game. At 31-30 were the shots. It was a very close competitive hockey game uh, throughout. And it was a late, uh, a goal, you know, basically a goal by Bergeron to make it three to one Boston. Otherwise, that's a one goal game. And Buffalo is right in it. And it was a fairly even hockey game. So uh, I like this uh, opportunity here to take Buffalo here at an early start. You know, uh, Boston's used to these. I get that. But Buffalo's playing in good form right now. And teams that are in this kind of form aren't supposed to be this kind of a dog. But they are because Boston is power rated through the roof right now. Okay, Boston is power rated through the roof where they're going to be laying minus 250 at home against uh, against decent teams. And sometimes even good teams are going to be seeing them laying big prices, 200 or so. That's just where we're at with Boston. The power rating is through the roof, but it provides opportunities to maybe capitalize on it in these kind of spots. So for me, it's going to be a small, small looks here. First period money line, full game money line, and the team total for the Buffalo Sabres over two and a half. And Swayman being in net is a huge part of that. Not so much because, you know, because Allman's, or Allmark's been absolutely spectacular. And you knew if he was in there against Buffalo, he'd have an ax to grind, knowing that that was his former team. But I think Swayman, not that he's been bad, but he's not been all mark, and we'll see if Buffalo can uh, find the back of the net as a result. What do you think here, Alex? Buffalo, Boston. Yeah, I mean, we'll still be on the air, so more than likely, I'm going to be betting this first period over live. Uh, this, if there is a spot to bet against Boston at home, this is probably it. You know, an early start, New Year's Eve. You got most of these teams playing early because they want to get this game kind of over with, get the hell out, get be with their family and stuff uh, for midnight, or or be in, in the next city where they have to be. A couple teams have some back to back spots. Uh, and this, you know, like I said, Boston, they've shown where they've, you know, fallen off a little bit. You know, they're still a good team. They still have the, the, the you know, offensive power to put anybody away. But you just wonder, with, especially with Swayman, he's a little bit shakier of the two goaltenders right now. Uh, and, and Buffalo in good form. Buffalo still well rested because they had those games canceled, uh, you know, with the storm. I think they can come in with some energy. So I like that first period look you have with Buffalo on the money line, but I, I'm going to look at that live first period over, see if Boston, if they give maybe, you know, score the first goal, Buffalo could come right back and score again. So this is a great live game. kind of wish this was a night game, to be honest. Not a night game. You're right. Uh, but uh, unfortunately that's the way it's going to go on a day like today, obviously when you've got uh, new year's Eve. And I guess I should have known too, with new year's Eve, uh, a lot of these teams are going to try to get these games early. Uh, over with early so that, you know, the players, you know, can have the majority of the uh, rest of the day to uh, enjoy the day. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I definitely think that could be uh, a little bit of an advantage here for Buffalo. Uh, we'll see. And like I say, they're scoring goals. If you like props in this game, there's a good, some good opportunities. You know, obviously when it comes to Boston, we always talk about the big guns, Marshawn Bergeron, Pasternak. DeBrusque has been excellent lately. His props are worth a look. Zaka has chipped in lately. His, he's been moved up to the second line in recent games. Taylor Hall's always worth a look for Boston. Uh, on the Buffalo side of the fence, uh, you know, you can talk about, you know, Cousins and Quinn and Paterka undervalued. Anybody on the top line, Thompson, Tuck, Skinner, they've all been good for the Sabres. So uh, definitely good prop options there 
spray the board a little bit, you know, keep them smaller bets, but you could basically sprinkle on five or six different players, both sides, and probably still have, you know, a decent uh, uh, ability to cash some of these when it's all said and done today. All right, let's go now to Chicago and Columbus. This is actually a 1 p.m. Eastern game that's been rescheduled to 1 p.m. Eastern, an early start in Columbus. We've, I think is part of that because of Ohio State playing their playoff game. I think part yes, of that's got to be that as well. No mm-hmm. question about that. Ohio State, of course, that's a Buckeye town, playing Georgia tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern in the college football playoff semifinal. As a result, the Jackets moving this game to 1 p.m. Eastern at home. Minus 140 home favorites, six the total. Make it a little Columbus doubleheader, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, going into this game. Um, this one I would probably lean over, honestly. Uh, you're talking about two teams that, you know, it could be a loose atmosphere, loose environment. Uh, end up both teams uh, rolling the puck out and scoring goals. We did see an over last time they played each other. Uh, right before the Christmas break in Chicago, 5-2 to two, uh, was the final score. In fact, four of the last five meetings with the Jackets and the Blackhawks have gone over the total. Staylock and Corpusalo confirmed uh, in net. I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't have much to add, really, other than that. I'd probably look at goals uh, in this game if I were to bet something. It's Columbus revenge, but I'm not laying minus 140 uh, with the uh, Jackets at home. But I'm not on Chicago either. So over six is probably what I'm liking here. Maybe look at some props, too. What do you think, Alex? Chicago, Columbus. Yeah, the only thing you can play here would be over six. I I, I would look at that. Definitely wouldn't look at uh, anything. Columbus ended laying a price. Uh, and like I said, the revenge spot. I think this definitely could be a spot where Columbus gets Chicago back for that uh, blowout, basically. <laughs> That's the big first blowout win for uh, Chicago this year, pretty much. So I could definitely see this being a, a up-and-down battle. Like I said, they play in early, and uh, maybe defense doesn't show up. Even though, you know, stay like in net. Been solid. He's definitely the better option than, than Morazic, but he's still susceptible to give up two or three goals. So I'm going to go over six. Yeah, no doubt about it. And this is a game, too, from a prop standpoint, you know, for uh, Chicago here. Radish, I think, has been uh, noticeable lately for them. Columbus, I'm going to stick to the same two players I've talked about. Johnson and Marchenko playing with Johnny Gaudreau with Lion A injured. I think Johnson and, and uh, Marchenko are going to be those undervalued options. Don't sleep on Emil Bemstrom either. You know, who's moved up to the second line, and he now has two goals and three points in the last four games. So maybe an Emil Bemstrom look as well for Columbus in terms of a player prop here in this early matchup. All right, let's go to Nashville and Vegas. Uh, this one at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Vegas minus 165, home favorite, six the total uh, in this one. I ain't laying a price with Vegas. You know that. Well, I guess now you know because I actually did take them in regulation against Anaheim, and John Gibson was just magnificent. And Vegas has just got too many personnel issues at the moment. Too much out of the lineup. Today, we'll have to see who's back, if anybody. Eichel is still on IR. You're not going to see him. Jonathan Marcheseau is still on IR. You're not going to see him. Uh, Zach Whitecloud and uh, Shea Theodore remain out. They're not going to be back today. The only person, and Paul Cotter's on IR, the only person that may return is Alec Martinez with that minor injury he suffered when he blocked a shot against uh, Anaheim or against, uh, yeah, it was earlier this week. It was against uh, LA. He blocked a shot. He didn't play against Anaheim. They say it's day to day with him. He might be back this afternoon for the Golden Knights. And man, they need him back. This blue line is very depleted right now. Hell, they're depleted up front. They're depleted everywhere right now, the Vegas Golden Knights, but not a team with the health of a team that I trust laying minus 165, minus 170 uh, in this game. On the other side, Nashville did. Bust out of their two-game skid, beating Anaheim 6-1. to one. I don't know how much credit you give them for that, but it was a win that they needed and a win that they got against a hapless foe. Can they follow it up here? It is back-to-back here for the Predators going into this game. It was UC Soros yesterday uh, in goal for uh, Nashville. Makes you think maybe Kevin Lankinen is going to end up getting the uh, nod here on the back-to-back for the uh, Predators uh, in this game. Um, I would lean Nashville. It's dog or pass. I don't know if I'm going to end up on Nashville, but I lean that way. I'd look more toward maybe a few props in this game on the Nashville side. Uh, Thomas Novak scored yesterday, centering the top line with Forsberg and Granlin. You're still getting some nice value with his props at the moment. Uh, not a bad consideration there. If you're going to look at someone on the Nashville uh, side of the equation, I think uh, Thomas Novak is a good look. And as far as the Vegas Golden Knights are concerned, he didn't score the last game finally, but look, 50 shots and 
Gibson was outstanding, stole the game for Anaheim. It's not like they didn't have their chances, but Michael Amadio remains a bet-on player prop on the top line with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Still tremendous value uh, in his props because really there hasn't been a, any sort of massive big-time adjustment since he's been moved up to that top line. There was a slight adjustment in the Anaheim game after he scored against L.A., but not much. And you look at the uh, situation here today, he's still in the range of plus 400 and plus 410 to score a goal. So tremendous value still for Michael Amadio on the top line for the Golden Knights. What do you think here, Alex? Nashville, Vegas. Yeah, this is a tricky one because if this was this is one of those games. If it was a night game, I would look under six at even money. Uh, I could see where this would be with two teams kind of trying to play a little tighter defensively, especially we've seen Vegas doing that at home all season. But with this early start, this feels like it could be they just roll the puck out and, and, and play some open-ended hockey. We've seen Nashville do that, uh, especially with Lincoln in the net. Lincoln has been good, but the team has kind of been up and down around him at that time where he's gotten started. So this game could easily be 4-3. It could easily be 2-1. So on a big car like this, I'm going to pass it. All right, going to pass here, Alex, on the uh, Predators and the Golden Knights. All right, next up here, another afternoon affair on the West Coast, uh, Philadelphia and Los Angeles. We've got uh, the Kings minus 210 home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. I've had some uh, good times this week uh, betting on the L.A. Kings. They've been a good team to me uh, over the last seven days or so. It took them against Vegas coming out of the Christmas break, uh, and they got the job done, a nice 4-2 to win, albeit, as I mentioned, against a depleted, injury-riddled uh, Vegas Golden Knights team. But I was on them again as a best bet on Thursday night against the Colorado Avalanche, another team dealing with a lot of personnel issues, and the LA Kings rallied from 4-2 to down to beat the uh, Colorado Avalanche 5-4 in a shootout uh, in Denver. So it's been nice. Kings have been good to me. And certainly I think the Kings win here, but now's the time to jump off. You know, minus 210, I'm not going to be uh, looking to back the Kings at this kind of price necessarily. Uh, Philadelphia is coming off a victory in their last game, albeit against the slumping Sharks. Uh, and a comeback win, too. It was not looking good for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, but they rallied from behind in the third period. They tie it up, uh, and then they end up getting the uh, game winner in overtime. Tony D'Angelo gets the uh, game winner for them. They beat the Sharks 4-3 uh, in that one. Uh, I certainly like the way both of these teams are going. I kind of like the over here in this game, believe it or not, because the Flyers, you know, I don't want to say they've changed their spots. No, it's not really that they've changed their spots. It's just that they're not playing the level of defense they did early in the year. And at the same time, their offense is starting to come to life a, a little bit for the Philadelphia Flyers. Like, they're not that offensively challenged uh, group you know, that they were just a couple of weeks ago. You start to look at who's chipping in uh, lately for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Konechny's been just outstanding for them all year, but there's been other guys that have been very noticeable uh, here for the uh, Flyers. Morgan Frost has started to get his game back on track. You know, Owen Tippett's been a very nice little boost offensively for them uh, lately uh, for the Flyers. So they're getting contributions from a bunch of different players. Velarde's starting to heat up for the Kings Dano is feeling it. Arvidsson's starting to score. Uh, it goes without saying that uh, Alex Iafalo is just on fire right now, and we were waiting for this guy to finally step up and, and start to uh, score some goals and produce offensively at a more consistent level. He's doing that right now. You, I've talked about Iafalo props a few games in a row here with the Kings, and we'll be right back to that well once again here this afternoon against Philadelphia. Uh, Iafalo with four goals in the last five games for the Kings, and he is now on a streak of five consecutive games with a point and a grand total of seven points in those five games, and some of them on the power play as well. So I swept the board, Alex, against Colorado with an L.A. Kings Alex Iafalo goal, point, and power play point prop. I'd go right back to all three of those, honestly, here in this game. To score a goal, to score a point, and even to cash in with a point on the power play uh, because he has definitely uh, been doing some damage uh, with the man advantage as well uh, for this L.A. Kings team. So, you know, you can get Iafalo at plus, you know, 300 to score a goal, uh, minus 120 to get a point. Uh, and power play point upwards of plus 500. So uh, definitely looking toward that and those props as well. So for me, it would be probably a look toward the over uh, in this game, if anything. What do you think here, Alex? Flyers, King. Yeah, I would lean over as well, but I like the draw here at plus 370. Six of the last nine Kings games have gone to overtime or a shootout. And interesting enough with the Philadelphia Flyers, the last three road games against Pacific Division teams, 
all going to overtime. Vegas, Arizona, and then their last game against San Jose. So might be something that I'm not really sure, but when you're playing against the L.A. team that's been going to overtime pretty much every other game uh, over the last week and a half, that's a, a good spot, and it's a good price here, plus 370. I think we see overtime here. All right, plus 370 here with the draw for Philadelphia and Los Angeles for Alex. And keep in mind, we may not see Copley gentlemen's apparel uh, in net here this afternoon for uh, LA. He's been great, obviously. Ran his record to 8-1 and one as a starting goaltender for the Kings after that comeback win against the uh, uh, Colorado Avalanche on Thursday night. But we're getting some hints from that maybe Todd McClellan rests, um, rests him today uh, and gives Jonathan Quick the start for the uh, LA Kings because Quick is projected on some sites, although it's not confirmed. For the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, keep in mind Carter Hart is on IR. Uh, and, of course, they've also had some uh, issues uh, with the uh, uh, health of uh, Sandstrom uh, as well for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, although it looks like he is available to them uh, today back from that illness. But will they give Samuel Erson another start? That ends up being the question. Uh, they did get a win for him, his first NHL win against San Jose, Will they come back to him is the question. So there's question marks, really, who's going to be in net on both sides. It won't change my thought, though, that I think the over is probably the way to go, and Alex liking the draw here with these two teams. All right, Montreal, Washington. Uh, we've got Washington minus 270, home favorites here, six the total. In this game, this is another matinee affair, 4 p.m. Eastern puck drop uh, in Washington. I mean, we've talked about now, I have on this show all week long, the issues with the Montreal Canadiens, especially defensively. It's just not an NHL caliber blue line. One through six, it isn't. Joel Edmondson is the only one that's healthy. And outside of him, you've got Justin Barron, Jordan Harris, Johnny Kovacevic, Arbor Jackye, and Chris Weidman, who's going to actually draw into the lineup today because with Matheson and Savard already out, now they lose Caden Gooley, who's actually been very good, even though he's very young. He's played remarkably well for the Montreal Canadiens. And you can tell this guy is going to be a good long-term blue liner and talent in this league, no question. And now he's out, and you're even thin, more thin, thinner now at the blue line if you're Montreal. And they've had a tough time, obviously, this week in their two games against Tampa Bay and Florida. 11 goals allowed in those two games combined. The penalty kill has just completely disintegrated for the Montreal Canadiens. They have allowed a whopping seven power play goals to the opposition in their last three games. So, you know, to me, this is this is trouble because Washington ain't going to be in a good mood. You got to believe they're not happy about coughing up a lead three to one against Ottawa Friday night or Thursday night, rather, and they lose four three in overtime. A couple of awful egregious turnovers, by the way, led to a couple of those Ottawa goals. I know they're not going to be thrilled with their performance uh, following that game. I mean, we, I was against uh, Montreal with the team total for the Lightning. Uh, in their first game after the break against Florida. I took Florida first period puck line. I would have been on the Panthers team total if the number was a little bit better. It, you know, in this game between Montreal and Washington, you know, there's definitely a bunch of ways I'm looking about to go about it here uh, in this game. I like Washington first period puck line uh, in this one. All of a sudden, we're not seeing Montreal maintain. We had that great stat where they were only trailing after the first period on the road one time this year. Well, not this week. They were down after the first period to Tampa, down after the first period to Florida. Definitely some issues in terms of getting behind early in games this week. And I think it goes hand in hand with the depleted blue line that we're seeing right now. They're struggling mightily. I mean, you're asking these guys like Kovacevic and Barron and Jacki, and these guys have to play big minutes, top pair minutes against the best players on the other team. Good luck. I mean, it's just they're not ready for it yet. Maybe in time they're a little bit better equipped for handling a situation like this, but right now they're not. Uh, so I like the Capitals' first period puck line here minus a half. This is one of those games where I I keep everything smaller and I spread it between three different bets. Minus a half, plus 115 with that first period puck line. I think the full game puck line actually could be uh, worth a look here on Washington as well at minus a one and a half here at around even money plus 100, minus 105. And uh, I also look like that team total over three and a half at minus 135 quite a bit uh, with the Capitals in this game. It's just three different ways to really zone in and target this depleted, riddled Montreal defense right now. Uh, what do you think here, Alex, Canadians, Capitals? Yeah, that's the thing I like, the team total over three and a half. Like I said, and that's a little bit higher juice than I like to lay on those plays. But like I said, with the way Montreal's defense has been, I think 135 actually probably – 
uh, a bit shorter than what we should see here. So uh, I'll go with that. That's my the only play I like here. I don't. And sidewise, like I said, even laying one and a half, you know, I haven't done that too often this year. Pretty much haven't done it at all this year, or even the season previous. The way I would look at that, it would be maybe wait for Montreal to try to get a goal early and get a better price. I don't want to lay a price to lay one and a half or, or even get like a plus 110. I want to have at least plus 130, plus 140 if I'm going to lay a goal and a half in a full game. Definitely. So uh, definitely uh, keep an eye on that. We'll see uh, how this one uh, plays out. But uh, Alex, uh, liking the team total over. I think I, I have the sneaking suspicion. Again, we don't have goalies confirmed here for this uh, matchup, Montreal-Washington. Charlie Lindgren used to be in the Montreal organization. Let's not forget that. Uh, sneaking suspicion he might get a start here for uh, w- uh, Washington uh, this afternoon against the uh, Montreal Canadiens, the team he used to be with. So uh, keep an eye on that. Wouldn't shock me if we do see uh, Lindgren uh, as the uh, goaltender here for the uh, Capitals, although it's not confirmed. Jake Allen projected for Montreal. That is not confirmed, though, either. So uh, definitely some unknowns in terms of who's going to be the uh, goaltender uh, on either side for this game. Uh, we do have confirmation now in the Buffalo-Boston game, their goaltender, it was up in the air, whether it be Anderson or UPL. It will be UPL, as they call them locally mm. on the Buffalo broadcast. UPL, Uko uh, okay. uh will get the uh, start for the uh, Buffalo State, who's been a lot better lately, by the way, uh, for the uh, Sabres. I mean, he stole a couple of those games against Vegas and Colorado. He was terrific to preserve leads in those games. Uh, he's getting better, that young kid. Uh, in that, and they need to see if they if they've got something in him long term to be the guy uh, as the number one for the Sabers. So I, I yeah. say keep starting him. Good job by Don Granado, give him these opportunities right now to prove himself and see what you got in him. You know, Craig, you don't need, need to see Craig Anderson every game. You know what he is right yeah. now. He's forty years old on the downside of his career. This is what you need to be doing. Give this young kid as many looks as possible. You need to see what you've got in him for the long term, right, Alex? Yeah, no, I absolutely believe that. And and they said, you if you want to make him your starter of the future, you definitely have to see uh, the fact that, you know, give him games against the top teams. You don't want to have him playing the bottom feeders. You're, that's what your backup's supposed to do. So I think we might start seeing a shift. If he continues to play well, we might finally see that shift where he gets the number one spot. Anderson's more of a traditional number two uh, moving forward. All right. Next up, we've got uh, Arizona, Tampa Bay. Uh, on this uh, Saturday card, uh, we've got uh, Tampa Bay minus 360, uh, minus 380, actually, in some spots. So huge favorites here uh, in this game against the uh, Coyotes. Total uh, in this one currently sitting at uh, six shaded to the uh, under. I actually like the over a little bit here in this game because suddenly this Coyotes team is scoring goals. Uh, they've got some offensive capabilities right now. Uh, can that translate on the road, I guess, is the biggest question. Uh, and you know, I've been betting Arizona a lot at home. You know, I took, I've taken them against Colorado and Toronto this week at Mullet Arena, and they got the uh, job done, uh, Arizona, in both of those games. But now you're going on the road. You're facing, you know, a Lightning team that's 14 and five at home. Arizona is still just six and 16 uh, on the road this year. Don't you know? It's one of those situations where you see that they've won three in a row. You're looking at that plus three hundred price that's out there with the Coyotes, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I'm tempted, but I can't do it. The, the road record has been too dismal. You look at, yeah, they've been great at home. It's a as sharp a home road dichotomy as there is right now uh, in the NHL. But on the road, they lose five two to Vegas. Uh, they lost to San Jose three two on the road uh, as well. Uh, in uh, their last, those are just their last two road games. And then you go back further at Edmonton, they lose 8 2, Calgary 3 2, Vancouver 3 2, LA 5 3, 4 3, Minnesota 4 3, Detroit. Um, it's been a rough go for the Arizona Coyotes on the road. Too rough for me to back them, uh, even though this plus 300 price, I must admit, is a little bit tempting. So for me, just the over, because I do think Arizona can chip in. You might see it, Tampa Bay, just a little bit, you know, not lethargic, but. It may be able to give up a couple. And I think Tampa Bay can score against Arizona because as much as a goaltender like Karel Vamelka has hung in there for the Arizona Coyotes, you can start to see that they've been uh, giving up some uh, good scoring chances of late. The, the defensive game in front of them has not always been there consistently. Uh, and especially on the road, we've seen uh, Arizona give up goals. Uh, they gave up five to Vegas in their last road game. Uh, so the over is the way I'm looking to play this one. Uh, between the uh, Coyotes and the Lightning. And it is worth noting, three straight head-to-head meetings have gone over with these two teams 
7-3, final scores uh, in those games. Tampa Bay also, by the way, uh, have won three straight at home uh, against Arizona as well. What do you think here, Alex? Coyotes, Lightning. Yeah, I definitely feel this is going to be kind of a, a, a pond hockey style of a game and land just a dollar ten with six. I'm definitely going to go over the total here. Uh, just don't really need to complicate this one. And like I said, Arizona has been you know playing a little bit more well offensively, but Tampa Bay. The thing is, you just wonder, okay, wow, well they should be able to just shut Arizona down completely and play their style of hockey, or will they you know try to match it and and go up tempo a little bit? That remains to be seen. So the only thing I look here will be over. All right, good stuff. Liking uh, the over here as well in the uh, Arizona Coyotes-Tampa Bay Lightning matchup. All right, uh, this is the last game of the afternoon affairs. I consider this an afternoon game. You could say actually on the uh, East Coast here uh, that uh, it's a night game, uh, but I consider this really an afternoon game here. So that's the way I see it uh, is definitely uh, an afternoon game here in St. Louis. Uh, and it's uh, Minnesota and St. Louis. We've got uh, Minnesota, uh, minus 130 uh, road favorites. Uh, the total in this one, six pretty much across the board. Uh, Minnesota uh, looking to bounce back after their last game against the uh, uh, Dallas Stars. They lose at home uh, in that one. Uh, I like Minnesota here. I'm actually going to take them minus 130 uh, in this game. Bounce back time for them. Uh, you know, and the one thing about Minnesota is we've seen them be pretty good off losses recently. Lose to Edmonton 5-2, shut out Vancouver the next game, lose to San Jose 5-2. They beat Winnipeg 4-1 in the game after that. Yeah, and you know, right now I just think Minnesota is a little better than St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis did beat Chicago 3-1 to snap a three-game losing streak. Big whoop. I mean, come on. I mean, it's Chicago. Uh, I've got to see more than uh, that. Uh, they lose to uh, Seattle, Vegas, and Toronto three straight games before that. Uh, it's still a team. Maybe now they win a game, they go on a win streak. Like I say, they're a streaky bunch. We've talked about this throughout with the uh, St. Louis Blues. But, you know, I think Minnesota it can go in there and get the uh, job done. Uh, St. Louis has done well head-to-head against the uh, Wild last year. Uh, they won the last three meetings that took place between the two teams. Uh, no question about that. You'd have to take that into consideration a little bit. But I think Minnesota, awful loss. I've got them still as the better of these two teams at the moment. And a banged-up St. Louis team as well uh, a little bit. And it's not like Minnesota isn't without injuries. I mean, they've been without Duhame and Felino for a bit, and Joel Erickson Eck is questionable uh, for this game, according to Dean Evason. But it's worse for uh, St. Louis. Tory Krug is a huge loss on the blue line. Uh, Vlad Tarasenko uh, is ill and under the weather right now. He missed the Chicago game because of that. May not play here tonight for the Blues. So I like Minnesota here at minus 130. With St. Louis games, uh, too, I kind of see them trending over a little bit. I don't know about that tonight because Minnesota is not a team that I'm really rushing to bet over the total. They have been a consistent under machine with good defense and good goaltending for the last 10 games or so. So I think I'll just bet the side here, and that's Minnesota minus 130. Alex, what do you think here? Wild Blues. Yeah, it's a kind of lean with the first period over here. It's a, a pretty cheap price. It's in as low as $1.28 up to $1.35 at, at most shops. And I can definitely see where this would be uh, a little bit of a higher pace and tempo early in the contest and maybe taper off a little bit toward the end. So that's the only thing I like here. I don't want to lay a price with Minnesota on the road against St. Louis. St. Louis has played them fairly tough, so it can be a back-and-forth battle. If, I, if this was a reverse line, and, and I don't trust them to bet them in regulation. So uh, I'm just going to stay with that first period over and a slight lean. Maybe look for a live under if we see that cash in. I think it, I think it definitely does slow down in, in the middle period. And by the way, it looks like, again, Marc-Andre Fleury and Jordan Bennington are the projected goalies in this matchup, but we have not seen uh, that confirmed uh, as of yet. Uh, so we'll wait on that uh, between uh, these two teams. All right, there you go. That is uh, uh, Terry, our, our resident Wild fan. And of course, uh, Terry, of course, loves his team. And actually, I value his opinion on his team because he knows them and he follows them and he watches every game. He likes the over. I, I lean over for sure. I just don't like the way Minnesota – I just the, the part I don't like about it is Minnesota's playing some really good defensive hockey uh, of late, and the goaltending's been uh, very good as well, whether it's been Gustafson or Fleury uh, the last few games. So uh, that's the only hesitation I have. But series history-wise, there's no question. Uh, it has trended over between the Wild and Blues. All right, we will be back in just a moment to hit the second half of the massive New Year's Eve Saturday uh, NHL card. Uh, but before we begin, 
Uh, but before we continue, I should say we're going to hear from our great sponsors at Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or on the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. And is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the ice, guys, and we roll along now. Uh, the night cap, if you will, uh, the night games taking place here in NHL action, and we will start in Detroit where we have the Ottawa Senators taking on uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, currently, it is Ottawa minus 120 uh, road favorites uh, total in this one. Currently, uh, six and a half across the board uh, between these two teams. Uh, definitely, I like over here. I mean, I hate to be repetitive, uh, but definitely you've got two teams trending significantly uh, over the toe, especially Detroit lately. We've seen their offense really start to come to life. Uh, they've actually played some nice hockey, the Red Wings here, uh, the last couple of games. They beat Tampa Bay 7-4. to four. They end up uh, coming back from the dead. Remember, down 4 nothing against Pittsburgh, the, the Jake Wallman game, the gritty celebration, uh, which went viral. They come back, beat Pittsburgh 5-4. But then they fall short on the back-to-back -back against a rested Sabres team, lose 6-3. Five straight Detroit games have gone uh, over the total. Right now, it's a combination of, yes, excellent uh, offensive contributions up and down the lineup, but also some very shaky uh, defense and goaltending lately for the uh, Red Wings. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, correct that. Just hasn't been nearly as good from Huso uh, in particular, or Halberg, for that matter, who's going to be in net. Uh, here for the uh, Detroit Red Wings because of the fact Billy Huso still not able to play as he's under the weather. He's battling illness, and they've been going with Magnus Helberg instead of Nadelkovic. I, I know Nadelkovic has had a rough year, but Helberg was in net against Buffalo. It was a rough night for him. I thought this would be a chance to give Nadelkovic a go, but they're going to go back to Helberg again uh, in net here tonight, the uh, Detroit Red Wings uh, in this game. Uh, his numbers, you know, actually going into that Sabres game, they weren't terrible, but uh, still, he gave up three and a loss to Minnesota in his pre in his most in his start before that, and then he again got roughed up for five goals by the Buffalo Sabres just a couple of nights ago. You know, I'd still think here in this one, uh, the over's the best way to go rather than looking at Ottawa uh, or Detroit. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Senators and Red Wing. Yeah, I would have to grab Detroit plus a dollar nine. Uh, now we've seen that kind of move back a little bit back and forth. I think they're going to ride that momentum uh, from that comeback win. And like I said, I'm, I'm glad to see Helberg as opposed to Nadelkovic. It would have made sense to give Ned the start, but the way he's struggled so far, I think they're trying to maybe see what Helberg has to offer. And, you know, who knows? Ned might be either going down the Grand Rapids or getting moved elsewhere uh, if Helberg can, can play well and take over this number two job once Huso gets back. So that's something to, to keep an eye out for, for sure. But I think they're in better form right now than Ottawa. And I think that momentum of that win, I think they can kind of carry that along. And this is a good price. So even at even money, I still like Detroit here. All right. Next up here, we've got, and uh, that's probably a good game, by the way, for uh, some uh, prop looks, because I do think you're going to see, goal. I think Beargren is worth a look for Detroit. This kid, I'm waiting for him to become, you know, move up the lineup, get more opportunity, but he's got three points in the last four games. He scored in the comeback win against Pittsburgh. You know, I, I'm wait, I think he deserves to be moved up the lineup at some point by Derek Lalonde. And, you know, it's not like I'm going to question Derek Lalonde. He comes from the John Cooper coaching tree. He was on his staff for years with Tampa Bay. He knows what he's doing. But I think at some point, Berggren will get moved up the lineup. For Ottawa, it's Debrinket, It's Batherson. It's a bunch of different players that could contribute for them lately that are all that whole line Pinto Batherson to Brinkett has been terrific for them lately so you could look in that regard with their props tonight as well in this game all right Toronto and Colorado how about this Colorado struggling you know not that shoe in to win anymore and we've already seen them lose twice this week to Arizona and LA coming out of the break 
And now we see them as a rare, even money price team on home ice. You don't see that very often, but here we go. Toronto minus 115, slight road favorite, six the total, shaded to the under uh, in this game. Um, this one probably a pass for me, honestly, from a side perspective. Toronto is going to want to bounce back, no question. Losing to Arizona 6-3, and you could say, uh, what's wrong with the Leafs? Well, first of all, we talked about how Arizona's played good hockey at home, competitive hockey at home, great energy at the Mullet Arena. And we've also talked about going into that game, the Leafs struggle with the Arizona Coyotes. It's really hard to explain, but there's no question they have had their share of issues uh, you know, with Arizona. So they're coming off that disappointing setback. Uh, and they will be looking to bounce back here in this game against the uh, Avalanche. Uh, certainly don't want to bet against them off a loss, but Colorado does get the man, the alpha dog, if you will, back from injury for this game. Nathan McKinnon activated from injured reserve, and uh, it looks like he is slated to make his return to the lineup tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he's been out since December the 5th, and I don't think I have to tell you what the record of Colorado has been since December the 5th, which was that loss to Philly. That's when he got injured. Without Nathan McKinnon, I'm just uh, looking at the record right now. Two and four, three and four, four and four, five and four, six. It's 500 hockey team. Six and six they've been without Nathan McKinnon. So that tells you all you need to know about just how much they have missed uh, Nate McKinnon uh, as of late. He comes back. He's obviously going to be returning to his uh, familiar perch uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche on the top line with Miko Rantanen and Arturi Lekkanen, who probably remain there until Gabe Landeskog is able to come back. So new hook, JT Comfer, straight out of Comfer, who is a, a guy that scored the other night in the number one center spot, moves back to his number two center spot tonight with new hook and Malgan, uh, Cogliano, Rodriguez, O'Connor, the uh, third line, and so on and so forth. Bowen Byram, Josh Manson still on IR. It looks like Eric Johnson, who's been banged up the last a couple of games is going to play. Georgiev confirmed in net for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Matt Murray was in net against Arizona. Uh, he took the loss. The whole team wasn't great, but he wasn't great either in net. So I think Ilya Samsonov is going to get the start uh, tonight for the uh, Leafs in this game. Uh, I kind of like the over a little bit now with this total dropping with McKinnon back, because again, we talked about all these Colorado unders lately, but suddenly the last two for Colorado since the Christmas break have gone over the total, the 6-3 with Arizona, 5-4 with LA. Now they get McKinnon back, so a huge help to their offense. The Leafs are starting to get into the you know more offense, leakier defense kind of ways, and it's really hard to explain, Alex. They get Morgan Riley back Thursday, and it's almost like they get everybody healthy on the blue line and they're becoming a worse defensive team. Whereas when they had Riley out, they had Brody out, they've had Muzzin out for a while when they had all three of their top starting defensemen out. It's That's when they were playing shut down, very tight, very good, strong, sound, structured defensive hockey. And now they're getting everybody back and they're starting to see that defensive foundation kind of erode. You know, it's kind of crazy to see it, but that's what we're seeing with the Leafs a little bit. Uh, right now so yeah the over definitely for me not so much uh of uh, any of interest for me on the side with this game what do you think here alex toronto colorado yeah no it's an interesting point you make and, and we talk about this all the time when you have cluster injuries in a forward group or on the blue line and then guys come back it might take a while for things to to gel together especially on more so on the blue line you, you know you need that kind of consistency uh and guys you know knowing where their where their space is on the ice what their role is and that can take some time to to you know adapt back to what you had uh, starting at the end of the year. So, you know, you, you can see that often from a lot of teams. That's something to keep an eye on. But, you know, Pittsburgh's another team that's having blue line uh, injury issues right now. So those are the things to look at when you talk about those injuries. You know, just getting somebody back and plugging them in the lineup, doesn't gonna, it's not going to fix everything. Same thing with Colorado. You know, uh, getting McKinney back, that's going to be big in the long run. But it's not going to just turn everything around now and all of a sudden Colorado's the, the best team in the NHL again. It's going to take time for guys to get back in and get their rhythm in the lineup. So, it's going to be a pass for me. I would I would look with Colorado if I was getting a plus price. Uh, but obviously, McKinnon's absence, there's going to just be more money coming in on, on Colorado. So this, this one won't make my card at all. All right, there we go. And again, this is another game where from a prop standpoint, there's a couple that stand out. Uh, Colorado, it's more of a wait-and-see approach. Uh, you know, Comfort, I still think, is worth a look. Uh, but obviously, now he's moving down to the second-line center spot. Michael Bunting's been just on a really strong run lately for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. 
Uh, Dryden Hunt made uh, it, it just uh, got into the lineup the other night. Uh, didn't have a ton of scoring chances, but sometimes you get increased effort when you're just joining a new team. So if you want to sprinkle on Dryden Hunt's props, you can. Uh, you know, obviously Tavares and Marner and uh, the, the guy that's the most undervalued right now for the Leafs is, you know who it is. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, Cali Yarncroke, who is someone that we have talked about uh, a couple of times now on this show from a prop standpoint. He's gotten a second line opportunity with Marner and Tavares lately, and he is making the most of it. Four games since coming back, moving up to the top line, and he has three goals and six points in four games. For the Leafs since being up there on that second line spot. So uh, Callie Yarncroke, I think, is the best value prop at the moment for this Toronto Maple Leafs team. All right, next up, San Jose and Dallas. Uh, Dallas minus 230, home favorites, six being the uh, total uh, in this one. Uh, the uh, Dallas Stars, of course, should take care of business, you would think, against San Jose, who have lost two in a row since the break against Vancouver and Philadelphia. Uh, Dallas has won three in a row. Uh, including a 4-1 road win in Minnesota. Very impressive, dominated Minnesota, 43-24. That uh, The uh, Dallas Stars outshot the uh, Minnesota Wild in that game, so the full marks for them uh, to win that game. San Jose has been a thorn in their side, though, because I remember earlier this year, and the spot couldn't have been any better for Dallas. I think they caught San Jose on a back-to-back, and San Jose wasn't playing great going into that game, and San Jose went into Dallas and beat Dallas 5-4. Uh, so it's, I'm not going to be on a side in this game. I'm certainly not rushing a lay minus two thirty with Dallas, uh, even though they're better. And even though San Jose strong, but San Jose did get them earlier this year, November 11th here in Dallas. So keep that in mind. Jake Ottinger has been confirmed in net for the, uh, Dallas stars. There are some injuries for, uh, San Jose. The big one I think is Kevin LeBanc. I mean, people, you know, made, you know, yawn at that because he's not like Timo Meyer or Tomas Hurdle, that kind of name on this team, but he is important. Nine goals, 12 assists. He's had good chemistry up in that top six forward group for the Sharks, you know, so they will miss him if Kevin LeBanc indeed does uh, not play here uh, in this game tonight. So more of a pass for me with the uh, Sharks and the Stars. How about you, Alex? San Jose, Dallas. I really like this first period over. Uh, only laying a dollar forty here at one and a half. And even with Ottinger in that, he's still susceptible to give up a goal or two early. Uh, and San Jose has been red hot nine of the last ten games going over in the first period. So I think that's a cheap price for what should be uh, a decent pace in the first period. I like that first period over. All right, like in the first period over here, Alex, with the uh, Sharks and the uh, Stars. All right, uh, next game on the uh, slate, we've got two late games. Uh, first one being Vancouver and Calgary. Uh, Calgary minus 240 home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total uh, in this game. Calgary Flames, uh, is this the sign of them trying to get on a bit of a run? They have won four of their last six, uh, beating Seattle 3-2 uh, on a Thursday night uh, on the heels of a tough 2-1 to loss to Edmonton where they played well enough to win that game. They probably should have won that game, but they got Skinnered uh, in that game. Stuart Skinner was uh, absolutely outstanding uh, in that. But there's no doubt Calgary is starting to find their game. They're starting to play better hockey. There's no question. Um, we'll see if they can carry that forward here against the uh, Vancouver uh, Canucks in this game. Calgary lost to Vancouver in a shootout, 4-3, the last time these two teams played. And Vancouver cashed as a big dog in that game. I don't know if I trust that to repeat itself here. You know, here I am looking at Vancouver. Ah, they're starting to win some games. They came back from the dead to beat Seattle, which I thought was very impressive. They On the second night of back-to-back, they then beat Edmonton 5-2, uh, to two, which was very impressive. They crushed San Jose first game out over the break 6-2, and I was thinking to myself, maybe Vancouver is going to go on a run here. And then sure enough, they lose to Winnipeg 4-2, and I backed them as a dog the other night against the Jets. Uh, so keep that in mind, but, uh, you know, no doubt the uh, Canucks have been a frustrating bunch. Calgary lost to Vancouver at home recently. I think they probably win here tonight. I, I just, I get, I took Vancouver. I took a shot with Vancouver as a dog last game. It didn't work out. I'm not really rushing to get there again with them here. I don't like the dynamic too of what happened in that game. Uh, the JT Miller Colin Delia incident was bizarre screaming at his goaltender, uh, and then trying to, uh, you know, sh- sweep it under the carpet after the game like it was no big deal. I mean, just some bizarre things continue to happen, you know, in, in, internally with the uh, Vancouver Canucks. It's been a very bizarre season for them. 
hard team to figure out, no consistency whatsoever. So for me, I'm not really going to be looking at a side here in this game. I might get there, even though Calgary, I think, is trying to get their Daryl Sutter style of game going, which is, you know, better defense, better goaltending, lower scoring, tight checking hockey. I think that's the way they're looking to play uh, right now, no question. And they've gone under now in three straight games. But series history wise, we're talking four straight overs, Vancouver versus Calgary, 7-1-5-2-6-3-4-3, the final scores in those games. So has me looking maybe a little bit toward uh, over the total. We've talked about first period overs at nauseum, Vancouver has been trending that way all year. Calgary's been trending that way lately uh, with first period overs. And I get a sense that's a great segue to Alex B. Smith and his thoughts on this game, Canucks and Flames. Yeah, I'm liking this first period over, uh, to be honest. That's what I've been riding with both these teams often. And I, I think we see some some decent pace here. The draw, you know, something that, you know, could could dabble in. Like I said, I don't, I don't think we're going to see that many overtime uh, games tonight. I think, we, you know, there's a couple that I like. I mentioned that Kings flame spot. But I think for the most part, we're going to see a lot of higher scoring games. And I think a lot of things are going to get settled in regulation. So that's the reason why I haven't been uh, sprinkling the board with as many draws tonight. But this is one where I like at least action early in, in the first. Uh, so give me Canucks Flames first period over. I laid 140 uh, at MGM. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Vancouver all season long, the first period overs have been uh, just incredible for them. And even lately with, like we said, with the Calgary Flames, we've seen definitely uh, some first period overs with them more often than not in uh, recent games. Uh, Dylan Dubé props, I don't even have to say it anymore. I'll be looking toward betting those. I think Jonathan Huberto, this is a time to buy in on him. He scored against Seattle. He's got two goals and he's uh, in the last four games and he has six points in the last five games. So Jonathan Huberto's game is starting to get there to the level you want to see it at for the uh, Calgary Flames. And that's definitely going to be good news for them uh, moving forward. No question about that. I do want to mention something about Berggren, uh, by the way. Berggren for Detroit, I mentioned him earlier. It looks like he finally is going to get moved up to the second line. So even more reason to like his props tonight against Ottawa uh, in that game. Jonathan Berggren for the uh, uh, Detroit Red Wings in that game. As far as the Vancouver uh, prop market goes, I mean, Kuzmenko's been really, really good much of the season. Uh, and he's playing with Pedersen and Peterson. They found some good chemistry there. So not a bad way to go for a prop on the Canucks side uh, for this uh, game. All right. Final game of this massive Saturday New Year's Eve card. And it is the Edmonton Oilers fresh off a dismantling of the Seattle Kraken uh, last night. Uh, they host the Winnipeg Jets. We have Edmonton minus 140 uh, home favorites in this game. Uh, the total currently sitting at six and a half across the board. Um, I'm really, really interested potentially. I haven't bet it yet, but I'm very tempted by the Jets uh, in this game. How many times have we seen with Edmonton? They're coming off one of their most impressive wins of the year, and they just don't follow it up in the next game. It happens time and time again with this team, and it honestly wouldn't shock me to see it happen again to them here uh, tonight as they take on the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, we're talking about an Edmonton team. Uh, three of their last uh, four they've won. They beat Dallas on the road. They fell flat, though, after that against Vancouver. Uh, they steal one against Calgary because of just some heroic goaltending from Stuart Skinner. Uh, and then, of course, they just pounce on Seattle, who just weren't ready to go from the opening faceoff. Philip Grubauer was not good, uh, and the whole combination led to a romp over Seattle. Seven to two, five points, as we talked about, from Connor McDavid last night for the uh, Oilers. Winnipeg had lost three in a row. They bounced back. They beat Vancouver 4-2. Uh, at home, we'll see if they can uh, go on the road, get the job done. Their road record's not as good as their home record. They're only nine and eight. Uh, the Jets uh, on the road, they're still battling some injuries too, with uh, Ehlers on IR, Schmidt and Stanley on IR, Blake Wheeler on IR, Mason Appleton on IR, Cole Perfetti's out, and Josh uh, Morrissey uh, sustained a lower body injury against the Canucks. Although uh, it looks like they're hoping he's in there. We'll see, but he's questionable for this game tonight. So there are some concerns. I'm waiting to see the lineups confirmed, who's in and who's out. Also looking to see who's going to be in goal because I want no part of the Jets with Dave Riddick in net. Will it be him? I'm not so sure. Right now they're projecting Hellebuck in net. Edmonton, believe it or not, on the back to, well, not believe it or not, they have to start him at some point. But Jack Campbell uh, is projected to be the starting goaltender tonight and I know he's struggled it seems every time they put him in there it's been a loss lately uh, with him in net for the Oilers but you know with Skinner in net last night they got to get him in there at some point 
but it has been rough. I mean, what's the uh, win loss record for Campbell uh, here? Uh, it's eight and six, but re- recently it's not been good uh, in terms of the uh, record with him getting the uh, start for the uh, Minnesota for the Edmonton Oilers. They lost to Nashville with him in net. They lost to Minnesota, lost to the Islanders. So you know they've had some tough times with Campbell and net. He's had a tough season. Certainly motivated because I'm sure he's not liking that he's uh, basically become the backup to Stuart Skinner, but. Uh, at the same time, we haven't seen Jack Campbell's game improve by leaps and bounds, and you can be motivated all you want, but until I see progress and improvement in your game, it's hard to trust you, you know, and that's what we're looking at here with Jack Campbell. So uh, I haven't bet it yet, but I probably will. I'm just waiting for confirmation on the lineups, but you could probably expect me to be on Winnipeg here, plus 120 uh, in this game tonight. Alex, what do you think here? Jets and Oilers. This is this is one that's uh, gonna be a pass for me. And you know, with Edmonton, the way that they uh, came out hot, you know, you wonder if they can keep that momentum rolling. Winnipeg's uh, been a tough team all year. I don't, just don't really have a good feel in this game. I could see where maybe Edmonton, you know, just says, "Hey, let's just try to play this a little tighter and roll out of there with a three-one victory." I could see Winnipeg and saying, "Hey, let's you know beat this good Edmonton team and, and stealing a win on the road." I just don't have that bad, good of a feel in it, so it's gonna be a pass for me. Yeah, no doubt. And again, we talked about it yesterday. Now, this is not the angle's not in play tonight, obviously, because they're coming off a game that went over the total. But remember that angle I mentioned yesterday. When Edmonton is off and under in their previous game, they are now 10 and 1 to the over in their next game following an under. So remember that. Uh, I'm not on the total tonight. Uh, I'm probably going to be off. I'd probably look at a Jets team total over if we see confirmation that uh, Jack Campbell's in net. But again, waiting on that at the uh, moment. As far as the props go uh, in this game tonight for Winnipeg, uh, you've got uh, Carson Kuhlman on the second line with Lowry and Shifley. So he might have some value in his props here. Sam Gagne's got value with Dubois and Connor. And Sam Gagne just played his thousandth game in the NHL uh, the other night for the, uh, and they honored him. And, uh, you know, I could see him maybe chipping in a little offense for the Jets now that he's playing a top line spot for Edmonton. Do you buy in on Yessa Puliarvi? We talked about how he, it's amazing how he doesn't score more goals playing with Connor McDavid. Lo and behold, he did score last night against Seattle in that 7 2 win. Maybe that gets him going. Maybe you just need to get that one goal to get you going in the positive direction. So maybe you'd buy in on Puliarvi, maybe getting on a run for the Oilers. I mean, he's playing with McDavid. You should be able to score 20 goals by accident, yeah. by fluke, playing with Connor McDavid. So maybe you buy in on Puliarvi props here tonight. Uh, Hyman's been great. Can't Maybe Clem Costin as well, because they put him on the second line with the Nuge and Yanmark. And Clem Costin had two goals last night, and he actually has four points in the last four games for the Oilers. So Clem Costin, who used to be in the Blues organization, that might be a good undervalued player prop option for the Oilers tonight. Uh, in this game as well. All right, great stuff. That is the Saturday card. I'm amazed we blew through this card in an hour. That's got to be an all-time Ice Guys show record, but uh, (laughs) great stuff with Alex uh, and everybody in the chat. We appreciate you guys joining us. 182 live viewers on YouTube. Hit the like button. Sign up at patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. Our daily Ice Guys show betting card is posted there, along with uh, totals, charts, goalie charts, power ratings, and more bonus content will be added as well in the new year. Check out patreon.com slash iceguys. Sign up, just $10 a month for that. Yeah, and also check out the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Uh, there's going to be some sales coming up, I know, in the next couple of weeks, uh, looking at the kind of back-end thing. So definitely be a, a good time to grab some stuff, you know, post-holiday. Maybe you got the gift cards you want to spend some money on, spend it with us, and uh, help support the podcast, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, uh, Leon Dreisaitl day-to-day, uh, Rocco, so we don't have any update. He didn't play last night. He was a late – it's a minor injury that he's dealing with. We'll see if he's back tonight for them. I do want to point out that um, with uh, Dreisaitl out, you know, it allowed, I believe it got uh, Ryan McLeod on the power play. So there's another situation where you talk about player maybe not accounted for properly. That's if Leon doesn't play again tonight. Uh, Ryan McLeod got some more power play minutes last night for the Oilers. So keep that in mind. But uh, that's another reason why I'm holding off on betting that Winnipeg-Edmonton game until I see exactly who's in and who's starting in net. Uh, as well for both teams, but I definitely would be Jets or nothing, and I'll probably be on the Jets, as I said. All right, we'll get to best bets in just a second to wrap up our final Ice Guys show of 2022, but first we'll hear from our sponsors, Manscaped. 
Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code Ice Guys. That's promo code Ice Guys, all one word, I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com. Using the promo code Ice Guys, you get the performance package 4.0. It is a game changer. The lawnmower 4.0. It takes care of this, among other things. Uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be. Uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant, keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about, and Manscaped.com can help you out with that. So make sure you take advantage of this. Manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use the promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we are back here on the Ice Guys Show, and it is time for best bets here on this uh, Saturday edition of the show, final edition of the year. Alex, what do you like for best bet? We're going to head down to Lone Star State. We're going to go Sharks, Stars, first period over, one and a half, laying $1.40. Sharks on a 10-1 and one run the last 11 to the first period over. I think we definitely see some goals back and forth early in this contest. So San Jose, Dallas, first period over. That's my best bet, final best bet for the year of 2022. All right, there you go. San Jose, Dallas, over in the first period. Best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet here for this Saturday uh, slate. A uh, lot of good ones to choose from here uh, on the uh, slate, but I'm going to go with that Ottawa-Detroit over, uh, six and a half minus 110. I like that bet. I think both teams can find the back of the net. Senators, Red Wings, over six and a half. Going to go with that for my final best bet of the year on this uh, New Year's Eve edition of the Ice Guys Show. And that's a wrap. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. It's been another great year of shows. It really has. Um, you know, for me, for Alex, for Jimmy, for our former colleague, Andrew, who's not with us anymore, but certainly always a friend of the show. Uh, no question about it. Uh, all our great guests. I mean, countless number of great guests this year. Former players, current players. Uh, it's been just a blast talking to the people that have played the game as well uh, here on this show. Uh, and we got a bunch more in that regard coming up in the new year uh, in terms of player guests that we're looking forward to. We've got many more bet casts on the way. Those are a shit ton of fun. Doing the daily show is always enjoyable. We've got our January bet cast coming up. We're going to do weekly bet casts after this NFL season ends. So we're looking forward to that. So it was a good year, but we're hoping to make 2023 even better uh, and looking forward to the year ahead. So happy new year to everyone, all of our viewers, all of our listeners. You're not just viewers and listeners in our minds, you're family. You're a nice guy's family. We're a nice guy's community and we can't do this show without you guys so thank you from the bottom of our hearts alex final thoughts and closing sentiments from you yeah yeah absolutely like i said it's been you know it's been a a, a up and down year for you know all, all of us 
you know, we're still trying to recover from the pandemic and a lot of different things have gone on. But uh, this show has certainly been one of the bright spots of the year. It's always a, a bright spot. I always look forward to doing this, uh, being on with you, Ian. It's always a lot of fun talking hockey. And, and with you, the viewers, I mean, the, you guys are what run the show and you guys support us uh, in times when many people don't want to support us or, or choose not to support us. You guys stick around every single day, watch the show, download the podcast, uh, you know, buy stuff from the from the store, support the Patreon. And uh, it, it means the world to us, really, that we can't do this without you guys. So we truly do appreciate that and, and hoping for better, bigger and better things in 2023. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, we got way more guests coming on. Uh, you know, we've been teasing more bonus content on Patreon. We've got a lot of that coming uh, after the new year. We're going to start doing the pot, uh, the BetCast weekly once we hit February. So uh, just really looking forward to, to what should be hopefully a, a great and prosperous 2023 for everybody. Well said. Absolutely. Looking forward to the year ahead. That is a wrap on the show and the ice guys for the year 2022. Uh, for Alex P. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. And by the way, the ice guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the ice guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Stay safe. Celebrate the new year, but make sure you stay safe doing so. Uh, enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you tomorrow on Sunday, noon Eastern, for our first show of 2023. Looking forward to it. Happy New Year from all of us here at the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now.